Lay. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building, nigga. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on all night. Till uh. the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they will see the thunder? Just remember when you come to the show. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS Podcast. This week, we'll be previewing the WGC Workday Championship. Do some quick thoughts on the Puerto Rico Open and get you ready for your DraftKings lineups this week. You can find the podcast on Twitter at AlwaysPressDFS. I'm on Twitter at BDEntrick, and my co-host, as always, on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Doing well. How are you doing? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. And uh, we brought a, another piece to the puzzle tonight, a... The frequent guest, or should be a frequent guest of the show, but uh, he was on a couple weeks ago. Find on having him on, on more, as I said. So he's back again. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin's Delight. Kevin, how we doing, man? Doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Good to see you. Glad Good you're here, you Kevin. Too. Um, yeah, as long as we can make this work, I'd like to make this uh, <laughs> a frequent thing. So that's pretty fun, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it when we get into concessions here because you played or the concession, I should say, probably like the Ohio State University. Um, we'll talk about that course, but real quick, we'll do our usual recap. The Riv was wild. The Riv was very wild, especially on Saturday. They lost, the PGA lost the course. So uh, it, it got a little crazy there. Uh, Jesse, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the week? And, you know, the playoff was awesome. I don't know how Homa chipped it off from that tree, but that was amazing. Yeah, that was one. Of, that that will be one of the best tournaments of the year. Um, it's the best tournament so far this year, but obviously we're not that far into it. Um, Riviera is an awesome golf course. You know, I, I really feel like if somebody invited me to play it, I would go play it. Um you know, I, it was uh, yes. Saturday was weird, man. Like, uh, obviously, the 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 wind was forecast to be high. I mean, since like the beginning of the week, um, I remember seeing some tweets about it. And then I don't know what if it was worse or whatever, but for whatever reason, yeah, we had that stoppage on on Saturday, but ended up being a a great finish. Um, you know, two 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 likable guys in Max Homa and Tony Finau in the playoff and. I mean, one of the best shots I've ever seen anybody hit with Max Home off from that tree. Um, but just a great week, man. Overall, it was really fun to watch. What about you, Kevin? Uh, have you played the Riv? I have not played the Riv. No, okay. I, was, I was talking about that the other day with someone. But it's uh, it's always one of the best on the calendar every year. Great, uh, great early season tournament. And um, even though Sam Burns had a, a pretty massive lead, even through half half of the way through on Saturday, it doesn't let you run away and hide. It, it's always pretty tight at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was kind of one of those where the you know if you're just on Twitter, Fina like obviously Kevin had a Fina ticket, so I was pulling for Kevin in that respect. But he still he still did good this week, so that's fine. But um, like we're all rooting for Fina. Like we talk about him all the time. We want him to get the W, and he shoots a 64. It's like he shot the round of the tournament basically. And it's like, man, like, what's it going to take for this guy? It's like you, 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 you got to get rid of the narrative that he chokes on Sundays because he did not choke on Sunday at all. But Homa was just throwing darts out there on a very difficult golf course. It was, it was fun to watch. Like Jesse said, like you said, Kevin, it was, uh, it was some impressive golf, and it helped, I guess, having it be Tigers tournaments. So you're going to get the big dogs there every year, which is going to be fun. Um, any other thoughts? We had a lot of guys miss the cut. So, uh, any other thoughts on uh, the Genesis, Kevin? I mean, it was a pretty, pretty damn good sweat coming down the end there. You know, Homa um, getting up and down of the bunker on 17 for birdie and then stiffing on 18. And everyone that had a Finau ticket was like, done. There's no chance that, you know, Homa's walking off the, 30, the 72nd hole of the t- championship. It's never going to a playoff. 
and then he misses it, drives it up against a tree, and all the female backers are like, all right, we're live. It's, it's going to happen. And uh, um, just a, a, a crazy, uh, you know, 45 minutes of emotions there. Yeah, no, it was – it was wild. Um, like I, I loved it. It was fun sitting down and watching it. I had, it's like Sunday. I got to watch the little one. Like she played. I just had golf on. I was like, okay, this this is works. This will still work today. Um, any final thoughts, Jesse? Are you uh, you good with Riviera? I'm good with it, dude. It was. Uh, I, I think that it deserves uh, a major championship, uh, a U.S. Open or something, because that that golf course plays great just from and fast. You don't have to have that much rough. Um, so. It also proved to me like it's just we we don't need a every single week throw darts into soft greens on the PGA Tour. Um, a, best tournament of the year. I mean, it, it, it'll be up there with some of the majors, I believe. My only final thought on Riv is that the 18th hole, I saw someone tweet the other day, so it was the, be- the best 18th hole on the tour, and I highly, highly disagree with that. For as good as the golf course is, if they could do anything to that golf course, they'd have to do something to 18 and make it just a little bit more challenging. Like, like if they want to say it's got a cool backdrop, okay, that's nice. Like, get the clubhouse up there. You're coming up the hill. That's cool. But yeah, in reality, and I couldn't do it because I'm not a not accurate hitter off the tee. But if you can just find the fairway, most of these guys have a shot to come into the green. It's like it's not super complicated for a lot of them. So it's it's. In, I almost prefer like give me those par fives where they have to go over water into or lay up. Give me those challenging kind of approaches. There's there's many others we could probably talk about there. But lastly, on Jesse's point. Um, Seeing a U.S. Open during the summertime in L.A. when it's 100 degrees would be freaking amazing. It'll make that course out. That thing will be electric. Um, and then also, I, I thought I heard them say it's like 2028 or something. The Olympics are going to be there. Right. That Whenever it comes to L.A., that's where they're going to yeah. play the Olympics. So that'll be insane to watch. Um, so, yeah, it'll be some pretty cool stuff. We'll uh, definitely be talking about that uh, when we're still hanging around. But um, let's get to the WGC Workday Championship, usually in Mexico, but obviously that's not happening this year. We have a field of 72 golfers, uh, no-cut event. It's like top 30 in the world, or top 30 FedEx, and some some of the best in Europe, some of the best in Asia. No, normal WGC-type stuff. But, uh, Kevin, let us know about the concession par 72 golf course. Yeah, it's a tough, tough track. It's a, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this week, although uh, – Chapultepec was uh, really starting to um, be one of my favorite watches every year. I, I thought that course was uh, was pretty fun to watch every year. Um, you know, at altitude, it was pretty neat to see these guys bomb it, but but have plenty of tree trouble. Um, won't see as much tree trouble at um, the concession. Uh, par seventy two, uh, four par fives, four par threes, and the rest par fours. Some big holes out there. Um, even the par fives, they're not all gettable. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the guys attack the course this week. Personally, for me, um, it's going to be a big shot maker's golf course, the second shot and approach shots into the par fives. Um, it's it's massive. Water everywhere, uh, uh, waste areas, sand, uh, greens that fall off at all sides on the majority of the greens. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough track, and it's going to be really fun to watch this week. Yeah, it's a Jack Nicholas course, and the way you describe it, I've heard others describe it, the challenging aspects of it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, Mirfield. Do you see like any relationship to the challenges of Mirfield or does it look even harder to you? It, it seems harder. I haven't had a chance to play Mirfield yet. I've played the concession. Um, some folks have said uh, Bay Hill, Quail Hollow, um, Jack's Place. Um, so, yeah, you can see some correlation there. I, um, I think it's even going to be more difficult than, than those tracks. Ooh, electric. I love it. With uh, all that being said, Jesse, what kind of stats are you looking for this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 so hard to say. I'm going with more accuracy than 
than uh, distance and or power. Um, you know, a couple of interesting things that, you know, somebody tried to compare it a little bit to Riviera last week where the, the greens are, you know, similar as far as being elevated. So you have to have a good short game. But the one person made a, a point on Twitter that, you know, with the, the Kakuya at Riviera, it held a lot of balls up from getting into trouble. Whereas uh, with the dormant Bermuda, um, you know, I played in, in when when Kevin was on, I was in Florida playing golf and we played on basically what I really amount to dirt um, because the ball, once it once it hits, it just goes. I mean, like there's no stopping it. There's nothing to stop it when you when you get on the storm of Bermuda. I'm sure that they'll have some overseed and it won't be like just completely runways everywhere. But, you know, the, the ball is going to run out. Um, and, of course, I don't know how much, you know, rain has been around there. It's Florida. I'm sure they've had plenty of rain, but it'll be interesting to see. So, yeah, uh, accuracy. Um, I think short game matters this week quite a bit, but – uh, I'll, I'll probably also lean on bogey avoidance more so than, um, you know, birdie or better percentage just to kind of be a little bit safe. But if you want to play it both ways, I could see that as well. Yeah, bogey avoidance sounds pretty important uh, on this course if these big numbers can be had out there. But also, as Kevin mentioned, um, like a lot of the par fives are not really gettable in two and some of these other like shot makers type stuff. So, you know, maybe 150 to 200 type approach coming in, maybe wedge game. It's going to be interesting to see because we've never seen these guys play here. So how much do they trick it out? How much do they want to see scoring? It's going to be interesting, but it seems like as much as they want to see scoring, it's still going to be very complicated to score at this golf course. Uh, before we get into the DraftKings picks, FanshareSports.com. Use promo code ALWAYSPRESS for 25% off the package of your choice. Uh, we got Bermuda Greens, last 10 events on Bermuda Greens when it comes to DK scoring. Leading the field, Webb Simpson, Xander, JT, Thomas Dietrich, uh, Rory, and Berger get you there. If you do the last 10 events on courses this size of par 72 over 7,400, JT, Rory, Sungjae, welcome back, Sungjae. Uh, Victor, Rom, and Thomas Dietrich is here again. And uh, last but not least, t- last 10 events, WGC events with this field, DK scoring, Rory, JT, uh, DJ, Kisner, and Brooks Kepka. So best of the best, as you'd expect when we look at this whole layout. But uh, let's get into the DK scoring 10K and above, DJ at 11.6, John Rahm at 11.1, Xander 10.8, JT at 10.5, Rory 10.4, Cantley 10,000. Jesse, kick us off. What are you seeing in the 10K range? Um, I, I'm just going to kind of start with Xander, uh, you know, 10.8. That's uh, it, where I'm kind of leaning this week just based on stats. Um, obviously, coming off the 15th place finish last week at the Genesis, uh, two straight uh, second place finishes before that. Um, and the guy tends to kind of show up in like no cut, uh, type of event. So 10, eight for him. And then can't lay at 10,000, man. I, I hope he gets overlooked by the rest of these guys. He didn't have a great weekend at all last week. I mean, you know, he shot one over par, which is not terrible, but on, on Sunday, whenever a lot of people were going low, he kind of got run over. So, um, I hope that he's, he's, he's a little bit lower on than he otherwise would be because coming into this, obviously third and second in the two weeks prior to the Genesis uh, and hasn't finished outside the top 20 since the CJ cup back in October and has a W in there. So I like Cantlay quite a bit at 10,000. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I go Cantlay first and, uh, and followed by Rom then X. Um, I put in the slack last week that I was going to die on the Rory Hill. And uh, fortunately I came off of him quite a bit and didn't, didn't get beat up too bad. 
Um, but man, he's lost it. I think I even two weeks ago I said Rory's a five handicap with a wedge in his hand. Um, <laughs> and, and man, he he's not looked good for one of the best players in the world. And, and so I'll I'll probably uh, have a fairly big fade of Rory this week. But I would go I'd go Cantlay, Rom, and X. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You look at some of these best guys in the world. I I bet you guys even are pretty good golfers. Obviously, you know you go within you know one hundred to one twenty with a wedge. You guys are probably at least hitting the green and doing something. Rory's having trouble doing that right now. So it's getting it's getting pretty dicey out there with Rory, but uh, we're kind of all on the same page here. I have Rom X and Cantley written down for me. Rom's just that guy because it feels like if the, if people want to spend up, there's going to go all the way to DJ. So Rom kind of might get this low ownership there, and he had a heck of a round on Sunday. He always hangs around in these type of events. He's done well at Jack's courses, and he finds ways on tough courses to not blow up. Like he'll have a bad hole here, or there maybe a couple bad holes. But he finds a way to keep it in. He's got a really good short game. I think Rom at 11-1, if you're going up, I'd go there. I love X. I talk about it in no-cut events all the time. And he just he, he finds a way to just do it time and time again at, at, at courses and events like this. And they can't lay really agree with everything you guys said. Uh, 10K, it, all these guys are elite golfers, obviously. So if you can get the cheapest one at probably pretty darn low ownership, you have nothing to lose here. And it's going to be really interesting to see recency bias. Like Jesse mentioned, can't lay had a bad weekend. There's a lot of guys we're going to talk about here that they blew up on Saturday because of the conditions. So their finishing position, and people just look at that, like T34, 48. They're going to think they had a horrible week, and it was just like they had a bad three hours. <laughs> it was just it was just tough out there. So that'll be interesting as well. Uh, 9K range, you got Bryson at 99, Finau 98, Hatton 96, Kepka 95, Hovland 94, Berger 93, Reed 92, Simpson 91, Morikawa, who changed his putting grip and still could not putt at 9,000. Kevin, what do you like in the 9K range? Well, I've already uh, placed two of my bets for the week here in this range with uh, with Webb and Brooks. Um, pretty uh, pretty good numbers this morning, and uh, for me, feeling like it's going to be um, not U.S. Open type scoring, but definitely uh, where par is more of a premium. I like those two guys here. Um, I do like Morikawa. I like the way he uh, he he really grinded to make the cut on Friday. Um, I know his putting was terrible, but a place like this where um, we're hitting greens and and um, you know uh, not having to shoot. 15, 16, 17 under par is probably going to benefit him some. So I, I do like uh, Webb, Brooks, uh, Morikawa, and then um, I will play Finau again. Um, it's going to happen soon, and this might be the place again where, where maybe 7 to 11 under par wins this thing. Yeah, it is going to happen for Finau. My only concern this week is how is between his ears right now because that was a tough one. That was a really tough one, but I'm with you. It's coming, and ownership should be pretty low at 9800 bucks. Uh, Jesse, what do you like in the nine K range? Yeah, definitely Finau at ninety eight. Um, you know, it it just it, eventually, and you know, it, I think we've talked about it, or at least maybe I've talked about it with my buddies like that. Basically, with Finau, it, it's going to have to be a, a come from behind win, which he almost got, and then on a place where it's not a putting contest, and we got that last week, right? Was I mean the scores were were twelve under, but still, I mean that's not a twenty under par, uh, you know. Uh, tournament three straight second place finishes for Finau. I mean, just insane. Um, sixty four on Sunday is pretty damn good. I mean, yeah, it, that's bogey, ridiculous. Bogey free. I, I think he. I don't think he missed a putt inside ten feet. Yeah, he was second week. in the field in putting on Sunday. Like um, that's, it, it, and the strokes game putting on Sunday were, and then fifth, I think, tee to green. I mean, just it, a superb round from him. Uh, but and then also Hatton at, at ninety six. Um, been playing mostly on the European tour or whatever, but sixth, twenty second, first, and eighth in his last four starts. I don't think he's going to be uh, not popular, but 
Um, a burger at 93. I mean, obviously coming off the W, then he withdrew last week. I like him quite a bit. And then Webb, too. Colin Morikawa, I think, is interesting at 9,000. He had a terrible start uh, last week and, and bounced back pretty well to make the cut and just kind of floundered over the weekend. Didn't have a very good Sunday round at all, but seemed to uh, to figure it out a little bit better than what he was doing on Thursday. So I think he's interesting at 9,000. Are you yeah. on Pat? Are you on Pat this week? Yeah, I love Pat on courses like this, like where you don't have to go super low, where you can grind it out. This is a Pat Reed situation. At ninety two hundred bucks, I'm a big fan of Pat Reed this week, and that's all right. I I'll, I've done it many times. I, I live and die with with Reed. There's no doubt about it. But when you it's an event, me. when it's an event, he can grind out. He doesn't have to go birdie festing. I, I like Pat Reed quite a bit. So I think this is an interesting one at 9200 bucks. He's taken a few weeks off from the cheating scandal. So we're good. I, never mind. He doesn't care. Like uh, He doesn't even listen to that stuff. So um, I think he'll be good to go on that one. I like the Morikawa stuff you guys mentioned because I think he comes in super low owned after last week's just destruction from what people hoped he could do. But he also was one of the top guys in the field, T to green, like usual. So like Kevin and, and, and Jesse said is if he's still hitting the ball like normal – you know, Par's a good score here where he needed more birdies last week. Like, so that that could be intriguing with, with Morikawa. I like Hatton quite a bit um, at 9600 bucks. I'm kind of hoping usually in these kind of fields, the Euro guys kind of get overlooked a little bit. We'll see if Hatton gets overlooked. He, he might not. But um, Brooks, big game hunting. He's always in play. This 9K range is loaded. The last guy I'll mention, because you can make arguments for all of them, I'm going to keep riding the Hovland train. He finished T5. He had an awesome Sunday, and he missed a lot of putts. It could have been really awesome on Sunday. Um, I don't think he bogeyed any four under bogey free round. He's playing really good golf right now. And his short game's getting a little better, which could is, is was his biggest problem. So I think Hovland at 94 is interesting as well. So it's one of those we talked about it kind of like last week on the show. If you don't want to go to the 10K range, you can go two or three guys in the 9K range and, and make some damage. So it could be interesting. Uh 8K range, Fleetwood 89. Sungjae is back. I've never seen this guy take that many weeks off in a row at eighty eight hundred bucks. Cam Smith, 87, man, you never cut that mullet. Never cut it. Um, Max Oma, 86. Fitzpatrick, 85. Matt's, 84. Scheffler, 83. Scott, 82. Neiman, 81. And Zalatoris, down to 8,000. I can't wait to see his ownership at that price. Uh, Jesse, what do you got here? Start with Sungjae at 88. Uh, obviously, off a couple weeks, you got you to gotta think he's been getting massages, uh, maybe moving <laughs> stuff into his, the house he bought in Atlanta. Did he I actually like buy him. a house finally? Yeah, he bought a house in Atlanta. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably why he took the two weeks off. I don't know why he would skip the Genesis, but whatever. Uh, I think Cam Smith's fine. I think he'll be pretty popular, though. Fitzpatrick, man, how did we miss that last week, Bubba? Like, I, I was mad at myself because then once I saw how tough Genesis was playing, like that's why I'll be on him this week. He's perfect in kind of grinded out events. He is he 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 hates to live under par, but he likes to grind out birdies. I like, guess one of those things. So I mean, this is a perfect. Yeah, I screwed that one up badly. He hit 50% of the greens last week and still finished fifth. Yeah. His short game is uh, pretty electric. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, he, he played really well, obviously, too, on Saturday in the wind, um, which which made up a lot of strokes. But And then Neiman at, at 80, 81, he had an absolutely atrocious round in the wind on, on Sunday or Saturday. Didn't back it up. I mean, one over par on Sunday. Um, but I'll go back to him. And then, of course, Al Torres at 8,000. I mean, come on, Your dude. Boy. This is it. Complete underprice on him. This is ridiculous, uh, you know. But we, we've been getting steady, you know, decreases, and he just keeps making cuts. Finished fifteenth last week. Shot sixty-seven on Sunday. Give me all the will this week. I may, I may one and done him. 
Oh boy. <laughs> um, you mentioned Neiman. Neiman's one of those guys I was talking about. If people look at the finishing position last week, they won't see the whole story. So he had a great Thursday, Friday. Uh, Kevin, who you like in this 8K range? Yeah, the first guy I gravitate towards is uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, mm-hmm. One uh, ownership. People just don't play him. No, they uh, never he'll do. Be low, he'll be low owned, especially when you got guys like Hideki and uh, Cam Smith and Fleetwood uh, priced around the same as him. So definitely Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, and Joaquin Neiman are my two favorite plays in this range. Yeah, Fitzpatrick, we're all on board there, so it'll be a sink or swim type deal. I love the Neiman call as well. So those are two guys that I really, really enjoy. We talk about Sungjae a lot in Birdie Fest. I guess he's one of those dudes that can get streaky, so be interesting to see there. Um, question for you guys, because we've seen another guy get, that can get streaky, but he's coming off back-to-back good starts after kind of some question mark ones. Scotty Scheffler's 83. Any love for him, Kevin? Uh, not for me yet. He just doesn't check the boxes for me, and I, 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 I won't have much of him. What about you, Jesse? I'm good. I'm not. I'm just not a Scotty guy. After that one time when he shot like 80 <laughs> on Thursday, I, it's really difficult for me to get over that. Let me ask you guys this: Is Matt Fitzpatrick the new Tommy Fleetwood? No, I think Fitzpatrick wins before Fleetwood. Fitz has won, hasn't he? Not on the PGA Tour, I don't think. I have to look at that. Let's find. Yeah, out. that's a good. Yeah, Jesse, you got the labs thing right in front here or something. Yeah, that's a oh yeah. that's a good question. I don't think he's won on tour unless it was like a smaller event. But I think Fitz is better than Fleetwood personally. Like I love Fleetwood's personality because Fitzpatrick's kind of like quiet. But if you listen to Fitzpatrick on um, Barstool's foreplay podcast, he's very funny and he pranks those guys all the time. Yeah. So he's got a personality. He finished second at the Arnold Palmer back in 2019. Going back further than that, I mean, I, like, I don't see anything as far as a W for him on the PJ Tour. He won the European Masters in 2018. He won it last year, too, or whatever. The one that gives him the big scepter thing that he carries around. That- he won it two years in a row, 2017, 2018. He hasn't, I, I don't think he's won since then, though, that I can see here. Just looking back through his – yeah, I mean, like a bunch of second-place finishes. I mean, very Tommy-esque, in my opinion. But he does have the, the European wins. Um, but – I don't know. I mean, like he's very Fleetwood E from for me. Whenever you know he he plays really well, but then just doesn't get the W's. Yeah, that's a good call though, Kevin. I think no, that's no an he won. One. He won the DP World Championship uh, a couple weeks ago, a month ago. Yeah, two months ago. Yeah, that's the one to get the big scepter. I've never seen the picture. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he does good on the Euro Tour. He hasn't pulled it off. He hasn't won on the PGA, but it's it's. I think he gets it before Fleetwood. That'd be a lot of fun. And then if Cam Smith's low owned like he always is, I will have shares of Cam Smith. They they never respect him. Like him and Fitzpatrick, you can play two, those two and then take all the chalk you want because they'll never get ownership. Um, 7K range, just do the whole 7K together since we're a little smaller. Jesse, uh, what are you seeing here? What about Justin Rose at 7,700? I mean, uh, is that a disrespectful thing or what? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's been like around in this price range in these big events. Like at the Masters, he was 7,700. Zozo, he was 7,400. CJ, 7,800. So. I mean, I, I I don't think it's disrespect. He's he's not played that well. He's just not over the last year. If you put all things together, it's not great. But he did finish second at the Saudi International, um, the Bonesaw Invitational there uh, a couple weeks ago. So I think he's fine. Uh, Robert McIntyre, another guy off the European Tour, been playing well from a stats perspective. Lines out. Kokrak at seventy one hundred. Um, I mean, he was uh, he was in contention, and then seventy four seventy four over the weekend in the wind um just hope it doesn't blow like that in florida this week because uh, obviously the the wind is not something he likes um and that's what i got in the seven k's 
What about you, Kevin? Yeah, Rosie too. I, I made three bets this morning. He was one of the guys I went to. So, um, so far, Kepka, Webb, and Rosie are three guys that I bet on for for this weekend. Um, I I think it could be a good Louis track if, yep. uh, as long as as long as um, he's packed his uh, proper bed to travel with, he'll be in good shape. Um, also, do I mean, like leash. Like let, me ask, let me ask you something real quick, Kevin. Yeah. Would yeah. you ever not associate a Tempur-Pedic bed with Louis Oosthuizen? <laughs> be hard not to. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. Um, <laughs> um, couple guys that I will not play at all. Bubba, um, you know, Revere's a Bubba track and miscut and really wasn't all that spectacular at waste management. I know he had a top 25, maybe 22nd finish, but really was never really there. Um, don't see any need to play Bubba this week. Um, and probably won't play Kisner. It's, I don't, don't feel like it's a Kisner track. You know, he talks about places where he can't win. This is probably one of those places where he shows up to collect that WGC check. So two guys that I would try and avoid if I were, if I were you guys. Yeah. Kisner likes shorter tracks. This is not a short track. <laughs> so it's going to be a, not that he can't, because I guess the only, if you want to make an argument for Kiz, he'll be able to keep it and play a little more and grind it out maybe. But if he has one or two blow ups, he can't make it up like some of these other guys can. Um, I like the Usti call quite a bit. I think he's another one that could be fun this week. Rose, I'm with you guys 100%. I'm just scared he's going to be super high owned. That's my only concern there. Um, Kobrak, I, I don't mind. Palmer, I love in no-cut events. I've said it every time. The dude will blow up like two or three holes, but then he'll go on a birdie fest and he'll just get you DK points. Don't worry about his finishing position. He'll get you a ton of DK points. doesn't matter how hard. He did it at the U.S. Open. He's done it at hard courses, easy courses. It's what Ryan Palmer does. So $7,200 I like. And then I'll ask uh, you this one, Kevin. What about English at 75? Man, after his win, he's been garbage. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been very good. Um, seems like a good track for him or par is premium. Uh, I'll probably dig into it a little bit more. Um, but as of now, he, he, I don't have a star next to his name. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's why I want to bring that one up. And then lastly, I'm going to look into it some more. I'm intrigued by Ortiz this week just because he can get hot, but – he had that bad Thursday. Friday played great. Thursday, not so much. Uh, 6K range. Kevin, what are you looking at down here? There's obviously loaded field, lots of options. Yeah, right at the top, Lee Westwood. Uh, could be a good track for Lee. Again, we said it before, um, pro shots in the green. Um, pars are good scores, and, and Lee definitely fits that mold. Um, Gary Woodland at 6,800 is pretty, pretty low price for a guy who can, uh, who can be pretty good around this place. Um, the burn could be a good play. Um, Talking about uh, European tour guys who have a little bit less ownership from time to time. Burns a good play. Um, and that's kind of where I am right now. If you want to get um, super cheap, a guy named uh, David Lipsky uh, played okay last week, played okay at Saudi. Um, I had him a couple years in a row uh, down at Chapultepec, and a couple years ago he was he was really good. Um, just if, if you're looking for a, a cheap $6,000 guy, then don't, don't overlook David Lipsky. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Uh, Jesse, what do you like down the 6K range? Yeah, what about Hanser being 68? Uh, seems like a, a low price on him. I know he's coming off the miscut last week. Um, played the Saudi 53rd and then 5th at the American Express. So, I mean, you know, but 68, I, I feel like there's a lot of upside there with Answer. Um, Rasmus Hoygaard at 67. Uh, I think it's a guy, Lanto, at 67 as well. Another dude who can uh, – Go low and he's below 7K, so I like that quite a bit. Munoz at 65. Is it Brendan Todd week, Kevin? Man, I don't know. That's a tough one. I won't be on him. 
He doesn't seem long enough to me, but I can go ahead and wrong. scratch him off the board then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I also like Lipsky down at the bottom too. I was I was looking at that price. I think that's a you know, I mean, relatively speaking, a low price on uh, on Lipsky there. If you're gonna try and play three of those nine thousand dollar guys, which you could easily do, then put Lipsky in there and you'll be just fine. Yeah, he, I like that. He will not he will not be the worst six thousand dollar guy, I can assure you that. No. Like I like the Lanta call, I like the Hogard call. Um what about Munoz? We know he can be streaky as heck. He got at least made, you know, you don't want to talk about thinking Tempur-Pedic with Usti. Now Flex Seal with, uh, or T, uh, with uh, Munoz, that was an electric sponsor. It felt like he was on 10 Cup. That was <laughs> that was some good stuff right Is there. That, that's one of the most random things I've ever seen on a PGA Tour shirt. Not, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of Asian guys in particular who have a bunch of stuff on there that I don't know what it is. But when you show, show me some Flex Seal, I know what that is. You know, <laughs> us Americans know what Flex Seal is. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Uh, when you, if you want to go to sixty two hundred, I think uh, Abair or Herbert is a very intriguing one. He can play uh, pretty pretty well. Also down low, if you're looking for another value besides Lipsky, I like Lipsky. I had him written down as well. But both of those are two guys. The one guy I'll ask you guys about. He's been in a massive funk. We've seen him play well at WGCs, even at Chapultepec. EVR sixty two hundred dollars. Anybody. Yeah, I was just I was just clicking on his name. I mean, the problem is the the form coming in, but luckily, you know, obviously it's a, a no cut event. Miscut, miscut, fifty sixth miscut in his last four PGA Tour starts, which are his last four starts. I mean, basically, he's made one cut this year, which was the American Express, and he finished fifty six. So, I don't. I mean, you know, I, if, for what it is, sixty two hundred bucks, I think it's worth a shot if you're playing one hundred and fifty lineups. You know, you you may take two or three percent of him, but. I mean, I probably won't play him because I'm probably going to play some three maxes and single entries. So, for sure. All uh, right, let's recap things real quick. 10K and above. Kevin, who's your number one play up there? Uh, number one, I'm going to go with uh, Rom. What about you, to, uh, Jesse? Uh, Xander. Well, then we mixed it all up. I'll go Cantley. Um, 9K range. Jesse, who's your top play? Uh, Finau. Uh, Kevin? I'd go Finau, then Brooks. <clears throat> I'm going to go Reed. This is going to be a painful week. I can already tell. Um, 8K range. Kevin, who you got? Uh, Fitzpatrick and Neiman. I like that. What about you, Jesse? I'll say Sung Jay and, and Will. Will Zelatoris, my dude. Been on him since middle school. <laughs> I'm going to go Fitzpatrick and Neiman, too. I I, I really like the, the two there. But you did Neiman, so I'll go Fitzpatrick, Cam Smith. I'll mix it up. Um, 7K range. Jesse, what do you like in there? Uh, I think Rose, another guy I didn't talk about much. He's coming off the miscut. Uh, Sergio Garcia, I think this is a good bounce back spot for him. I'll take him at 75. Uh, Kevin, what about you? Yeah, I'd go Rose and Usti. Rose and Usti. I like Usti and give me some Palmer. Uh, 6K range, Kevin. Who's your guy? Go Lee Westwood. Being at the top of that, the top of the list, I think he goes overlooked a little bit. What about you, Jesse? I'll say answer with uh, Lonto there, close second. Yeah, I'm gonna go Lonto, and then um, I didn't I didn't mention him, but there's something like pulling me to Kevin Na this week. I got 6,800 bucks, just kind of be sitting there, no ownership. I don't know. I'll probably make a mistake with that too, but uh, looks interesting. If you guys, we we always pressing. We don't condone cash games on um, short fields like this. No cut events. That's just a a wild wild endeavor. So GPP, Kevin, if you're starting out a GPP lineup, give me three guys you're starting out with. I go uh, Brooks. Webb and um, Leishman. What about you, Jesse? Uh, Will Zalatoris, um, Xander, and then uh, probably somebody down low like Lonto. Yeah, I like that. I'll go Cantley, Reed, 
and Fitzpatrick, and I'll figure out the rest from there. But that's where I'll start. Um, picks to win. Kevin said he's made three bets already, so that's good. Who do you think wins it, though, Kevin? Oh, gosh. I, I could easily see uh, Brooks being fully back and taking this thing down. That'd be awesome. That'd be so uh, I'll be running around next Monday if that's the case. Um, Jesse, who do you think wins this thing? I mean, I don't know. Like that, some of the odds I'm looking at there. Patrick Reed at thirty to one. I actually clicked mm-hmm. on him before the before we started this show. Fitzpatrick at fifty. I don't think is terrible. Um, if you want something like super long, Lonto at one hundred and fifty to one. Yeah, I think Pat Reed. I, I it would just be the total heel situation coming off the W at Farmers, disappearing for a few weeks, then winning this event. Oh, that'd be so so amazing. So uh, I like Reed quite a bit. I love the Brooks call though. That would be pretty good stuff too. So yeah, I'll go with Reed for now. This is going to be a, a definite fun one. You should take Willie Z like a top 10 for like probably six to one or something. Easy money for you. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk Puerto Rico real quick. And the reason I wanted to bring it up is it will not be in junkies this week. Anyone paying attention, not in junkies this week, but uh, it'll be a fun week. It'd be nice if DK actually had some real competition in their contest, but we have a lot of Euro players here and some um, pretty good other players as well. So I'm just going to read off the price ranges and just give me like your top thought right out the gate. So we'll start with you, Kevin. 10K range, you have Tomas Peters, 11-4, Matt Wallace, 10-8, Griot, 10-6, Poulter, 10-4, Brandon Grace, 10-1. Yeah, I think you go your boy, Poulter. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Jesse, what about you? Griot. If Griot can putt, he could do it here, but I'm going Poulter. Poulter, uh, he's, he's been talking trash on the Euro Tour, and this is just getting him ready for his Florida swing where I'm going to play him too many times at low eights and high seven prices. So that's going to happen a lot. Uh, 9K range, we got Putnam. Benny on at 97 seems like Chalk City. Yeah. Tom Lewis, 95. Rogers, 94. Vegas, 93. Brandon Wu, Sig, Sue. Uh, what do you got here, Jesse? Putnam. Uh, Kevin. Uh, Patrick Rogers. This is a good range. Like I, I played around and made a lineup earlier with three guys from up here. But um, if I had to pick two, Brandon Wu and Justin Sue. Give me those two. <laughs> I love, I'm telling like the way I think about these kind of events, corn fairy, birdie fest. That's what this is. And that's what these boys do. So that's my two cents. 8K range. Um, you got Ollie, Riley, Glover, Pendrith, Ryder, Sloan, Taylor, Hodges, Wilkinson, Teeter, and Will Gordon at 8K. Uh, Kevin, anything here? Uh, Sam Ryder. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Jesse? Uh, Sam Riders was the guy I was going to say too. Another couple just to consider Lee Hodges, Josh Teeter. Yeah, your boy Teets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw it out there because I was uh, following the Corn Fairy Tour on Twitter quite a bit this weekend because it was pretty entertaining where they were playing. And Pendrith, he had a rough uh, weekend, but he still finished like T15 or something. But he's been a machine on the uh, Corn Fairy Tour of late. So he's interesting to me. It's 86. I'm not going to read off the 7K range. If you guys have it in front of you, that's great. If not, we'll skip it. But, uh, any interest in anybody in the 7K range, Jesse? Cameron Percy. Yeah, it stood out to me like a sore thumb. Um, anything for you, Kevin? Um, I like uh, Peter Uline a little bit. Yeah. Potty Harrington's at 78, by the way. Just got to throw that out there. That's an interesting one. Um, yeah, Percy. Percy seems pretty good. He likes to play these kind of – the Bermudas, the uh, Punta Canas. He likes these kind of events. Any other thoughts? We don't need to dig into the 6K range, but – I, I was telling the guys before the show, if you guys have any questions, hit, up, hit us up in the Slack chat. We can help you with more goodies there. But, uh, Je- Jesse, any other thoughts on uh, Puerto Rico? Most definitely. I've, uh, Smiley Kaufman, 6300 bucks. Oh, wow. That is dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's won 
as recently as like 2016. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just, cheap, cheap. I, I'm, and he's also 300 to one, you know, if you want to throw a buck on that, you know, I wouldn't blame you. Um, I'm, I hope he's back. I'll be rooting for my boy Smiley this week. What about you, Kevin? Any final thoughts? Yeah, if I play anyone at all, if I, if I build a lineup, I'm starting with Jay Wag, going with Johnson Wagner, and uh, and Jay Bird, Jonathan Bird. He he, he typically does well at these. Uh, yeah, these Bird does like the, Bird does like these. I remember him, seeing him. Like if it's a windy, Bo Hosser's at seventy three, Lahiri seventy three. Like there's some guys down here. Happy Barnrats at seventy two. Uh, don't let Ruby see this because Spawn's at seventy one. Um, there's there's a lot of other ones, but now that you mention Wags, I got to ask you because you know Wags. The porn stash and the old school Budweiser hat, is this like a game he's playing or is this like a legit thing? Because I think it's electric. Pretty good look, isn't it? It's amazing. When it was, what was it, Punta Cana or Bermuda? And I, I remember turning on the TV and he's like, you see this hat coming above the bunker and here comes Wags. Like, what in the world am I watching? Dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kenny Bowers hit the PGA Tour. <laughs> he's on that uh, that PAC committee with Rory now too. So that's a, that's a pretty interesting combo. That's a hell of a combo. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty cool stuff there, but um, we'll wrap it up with that. Kevin, closing thoughts, WGC, or give us a little – well, before we do, Jesse and I do this pretty much every WGC, but what's your strategy for a no-cut event? For a no-cut event like this, I'm probably going to be a little bit more balanced. Um, obviously, it's going to be a, a huge deal to have the winner, but when it comes to finishing positions, you don't want to have too many guys in that low $7,000, $6,000 range that are going to finish near the bottom of the leaderboard anyway. you got to have a lot of guys that finish near the top, so – try and be a little bit more balanced and pick those guys who uh, are, are used to uh, cashing top tens for you. What about you, Jesse, on an event we don't even know the golf course really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's – I'm going to scale back this week. I'm not going to play as, as much as I, like I did last week or anything. So um, it's a lot more fun, in my opinion, to play showdown lineups, especially Saturday, Sunday, uh, if you're sitting around watching golf. Um, so save a little bit of money for that. Especially then you'll have at least a little bit of an idea of how the course plays. So right, you can kind of right, right. tinker with that a little bit. Um, like like you said earlier, I kind of do three maxes more here. We've been doing the cascade on the other events, but I'll kind of temper it here. Maybe I'll get maybe I'll get weird and do a cascade on the Puerto Rico just for fun. No, I'm kidding. But um I like what Kevin said because usually we just look for birdie, birdie, birdie. But as this course is tough as it is, finishing position is gonna be like tremendously important compared to normal. So getting those guys that you know that can grind out like a T twenty, T fifteen, T ten or something. Getting a bunch of those could be pretty darn good compared to – we used to always make the joke where Finau would finish 15th, but he'd be like fourth in DK scoring. I don't know if we're going to get a lot of that this week. Right. <laughs> I, really, I really don't. So that could be a little trickier. But um, that'll do it for this week. Always a fun show. Kevin, thanks for joining us. As always, we'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, the Masters is like 42 days away, Kevin. Yeah, yeah I can feel it. Go ahead and pencil that in. Are you going, Kevin? Aren't they having spectators? No, no um, they are having spectators. Limited, very limited. Yeah, PGA members were not getting in for free this year. Uh, that's where I'm, I get so I get jealous of a lot of the things you get to do. But that's one of my biggest ones. When you said, "Yeah, I just get to go flash my badge," and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. But hopefully, uh, I guess 2022. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it, yep. Hopefully, we'll be back to normal. Just a, yeah. another year off here. But one, one of my buddies, whose dad's been a uh been had worked down there for 25 years gets tickets every year they didn't they didn't get tickets this year so damn well soon enough soon enough but uh yeah check out kevin on twitter at kevin's delight he'll have his best bets out for the week as always at fantasydgens.com check out jesse on twitter at dfs golf gods the podcast at always press dfs i am at bd as always thanks for listening this is your wgc workday championship preview 
Catch you guys later. Just remember when you come up